Welcome to Smidge Wines Podcast. I'm Lee Schneider, Communications Director at Red Cup Agency, and with me today is Matt Wenk, consultant and winemaker at Smidge. Hi, Matt. Hi, Lee. How are you? I'm doing very well today. So here we go with talking about what sort of wine will sell her well for 10 or even 20 years. So let's start with red wines. Is there any reason to believe that red wines are more robust than white, or just because they're red, they might age better, last longer in the bottle? Um, good question, Lee. Thanks. Uh, I would say it's a, that's quite a, I suppose a general statement or question, but uh, many people believe that red wines are for cellaring and white wines are to be drunk young, but uh, it's not necessarily the case. There's uh, many of the great wines of the world, um, both red and white, uh, uh, can successfully be cellared. So ultimately, uh, I've heard it from many sources, and I do believe it's a, the case. So any wine that needs to look good as a young wine that to look good as an aged wine. So although in some ways some wines that do look good young may not necessarily age as well as you may think, you know, it just really depends on the, the style and etc. So some wines will still for a long time and some maybe only for sort of five to seven years. For me, a wine ultimately needs to be flavoursome or bags of flavour really and balanced. Balance is probably the key thing and have a good acidity and a lowish pH. pH is just a, is a numerical value between 0.1 and 14 that indicates, sort of reflects the level of acidity in a wine in, in some ways. I won't get into the chemistry of it because it's a, there's a little bit more to it. But below pH 3.5, wines are said to be stable, and so their microbial activity, so little bacteria, is just, uh, the activity is said to be very low, and sulfur dioxide, which is uh, an antioxidant and antimicrobial agent, um, you might often see it on the side of a bottle. It says sulfites added or preservative 220 or something like that. And that's more effective as well than below pH 3.5. In general, balanced well-made red wines will have alcohols of, say, 14.5%, maybe 15 so if it's a, a New World Shiraz or something. pHs of 3.3 to 3.5, an acidity of around 7 grams per litre. Um, and whites will typically have alcohols of, say, 9%, which is, say, a sweeter European Riesling, say, from Alsace or, or Germany. Through to a sort of 11 and 12%, so it's Australian Riesling or a, a Semillon from the Hunter Valley or a Pinot Grigio, to up to sort of 12 and 13% where you may have Chardonnays, Sauvignon Blancs, Pinot Gris styles. So as I said before, the flavours need to be intense and rich and lots of it. They need to be fresh and lively, not broad and heavy. So as broad and heavy, as you get riper, so if your alcohol is higher, say uh, if your alcohols are high, your acidity goes down, some people call them blousy. The flavours get broad and blousy, so they're not going to age very well. And in red wines, tannins also can play a role in the ageing process. So in both red and whites, sulfur dioxide, or preservative, will also play, plays a role. So there's a few things there, but ultimately this topic is very substantial, and we could keep on going for a lot longer, but especially if we start delving into the area of the cork versus screw cap, because obviously that's the closure, which is a very important factor on ageing. If the closure fails, the wine's going to be affected by external environment and uh, it's not going to age very well. So maybe that's a question for another day. You know, I would want to ask that question now. It's interesting. 
So you're saying the closure matters. So which is more or less likely to fail, a, a cork or a screw cap? Well, ultimately, a screw cap is less likely to fail in theory. Uh, cork is obviously a natural product, and so there is certain compounds in there like cellulose or something like that which are prone to degrade and once they start degrading the the cork starts to change shape and obviously then you have wine moving through the the edges of the cork between the cork and the glass obviously with cork there is going to be some exchange there's going to be air moving in and out which helps with the aging process it's a slow maturation whereas a screw cap they have little waddings inside the screw cap if you next time People out there, if you take a screw cap off, you can see a little silver wad or a little pad in there. Um, You can get different grades of that, which there is a small amount of gaseous exchange in a screw cap, but obviously nowhere near what happens in the core. And because a screw cap is man-made, it's a a tin on the outside, it's going to be less likely to degrade and fail. But in saying that, I have seen wines and trials. I mean, I've done a few over the years. In the short term, the screw cap, or the short term that is, probably five to seven, eight years. It may be a little bit longer, a little bit shorter, depending on the wine. The screw cap will look fresher and more livelier, longer. But it seems that though, after a period of time, the same wine under either cork or screw cap, many wines at wineries, especially in Australia, have done this trial. After a certain time period, the wines start to look similar. The ageing process has started taking effect in both wines. But I think you will get more cellaring time from a screw cap as well. So there's probably a point that the two wines start looking similar, maybe for a, a few years. But then I think the wine under cork will age a little bit faster in the end. So as I said, this is going to become quite an extensive topic. So <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. yeah. It's fascinating stuff. So one last thing I said, but don't be scared or worried by the fact what I just said. I think I think many good wines under cork will age successfully for many years. I think people who, wineries who make wines to cellar are going to choose a high-grade cork. Mm-hmm. So don't hesitate to buy good wines under cork and put it in the cellar uh, because the winery should have chosen a cork that's appropriate for the wine and for what they want that wine to do if they want it to sell it for 20, 25 years, they'll, they'll choose mm. a cork accordingly. Now, does a wine have to have preservatives? What I'm asking here is what part of the winemaking process makes or at least encourages wine to last a long time in the bottle? Is there something in the natural process that encourages long life or does it have to have a preservative or not? If you've ever tried, tasted a, a preservative-free wine, they seem seem to typically last only two or three years because you look try anything, you buy fruit juice or something, it says it's preservative-free and they have a, a shorter best before period than, say, a, a juice that has preservatives in it. Uh, it. It does exactly that. It's a preserver. So some people, unfortunately, who have allergies and stuff like that, um, it may be sometimes they, they cannot drink wines with higher levels of sulphur. Um, so they may have to turn towards um, preservative-free wines. Um, but there are some wines around the world that are natural, put that word there, natural, which have minimal additions, if not any. And often these wines, the traditional ones, say so wines of the Jura region in France, for example, I think they're, they're, their acid levels are, are higher and their pH levels are lower. So this comes back to 
that microbial activity at lower pHs, the the, the activity microbial activity is negligible. It's not a uh, an environment that is conducive for microbial activity. So the wines I think that do need to be cellar do need to have a preservative in them. But I think pH and acidity can play a huge role in it as well. A for microbial activity anyway, but also the free sulfur levels do are more effective and higher at lower pH. So there is sort of a twofold action there. Going a bit further with this question, wines that are sort of made to cellar, the actually the whole process actually starts in the vineyard with the fruit quality and it relates to the weather of the season. So when all the stars align and we're presented with a, a fruit with great flavour at low to moderate potential alcohol, crisp acidity, low pH, there will be a greater potential there. So you can think, wow, this is a great vintage. These wines are going to look good. They're going to age well, etc. So in the winery, like any wine, you really need to treat the fruit with great respect. You've got to check the pH and the acidity, make sure there's a strong, even fermentation, good maturation practices. So you put it in nice, or nice clean tanks or good quality oak. Make sure the what barrels have been washed. Make sure you top the vessels. So for the barrels, obviously you lose moisture out of the barrel over time. So you top them regularly. Just overall, just good management in the winery up to bottling. So you can make two kinds of wine out of good fruit. You can make good wine or bad wine. But out of bad fruit, you can only make one kind of wine, a bad wine. So it's up to the winery as long as they, I mean, my all wineries in the world endeavour to do the best they possibly can. So if you have good fruit, just treat it with respect. And in theory, the product that you've got, you're in a good starting point to making a wine that's going to sell it for a long time. So how do you choose from the consumer side a red wine that you think will sell her well? I think uh, ultimately you've got to start with a, a checklist. Vintage is a good starting point. What was the season like? Was it a balanced season or not? What, what kind of fruit quality and wine quality are you going to get? The variety as well. The variety is a very important thing because some varieties age better than others. Is this variety known to age well? Check the producer. Um, do they have a track record of producing high-quality wines um, that are made for ageing or made for drinking early? And check the region as well. Sometimes regions, there are better regions than others because they're known for wines that age well. Some, I suppose, vineyards or regions in the world are really made for bulk production and they make some very good wines but they typically just don't have the stuffing and the richness in the wine that will allow the wine to age well and ultimately the style as well it's a bit of a combination of all the the above factors the variety the vintage the producer the region and the style once you've done that i think you can then go to reviews or do a bit of research on um, all those factors i said or go to your local bottle shop and talk to the people who work there, and just uh, ask them. Um, but the bottom line is also you can buy a bottle, taste it, and think, wow, this is really good. I reckon I could buy some more of this, and I want to put some of this away. But it depends how you like to drink your wine as well. Do you like to drink it more youthful, more fruit-driven and primary-focused, or do you like the, the aged characters on the red wine? So there's a few factors. Among smidge red wines, which among of those do you think will sell or well? would make all the red wines in, in Smidge to have some ageing potential. So after careful barrel classification, I, the ones I think need to go go to the Houdini range, which is the, the introductory wines to the Smidge portfolio. They'll, they'll, they should sell a well for seven to ten years. But then you move on to the white label range. So e.g., for example, the Adamo, the Brossavelli Shiraz, or the, the Ging, which is the, the Glanavelle Shiraz equivalent. They'll 
should comfortably age for 15 to 20 years. And then once you move up into the, the S or the Smitch Shiraz and the, the Magic Dirt single barrel, single vineyard wines, I I hope they will, they will last a good 20 plus years in the cellar. But again, the cellaring conditions need to be conducive for wine to be aged slowly as well. So don't have your wine rack on a wall opposite the window, which the window faces up in the northern hemisphere would be facing south, obviously, or because you get a lot of sun on those bottles and that'll accelerate the aging process. If you don't have a cellar in your house, put them under your bed or at the bottom of the a cupboard in the middle of the house or something like that, or buy a wine fridge. That's good advice. Yeah, I was going to ask that next because people may not be thinking of that. You need a certain stability of the environment to give that wine a good shot of lasting. Yeah, it's it's probably more about the dreams and the fluctuate the regular fluctuations which are detrimental but uh, if you've got some kind of constant like yeah under the bed should be reasonably good or in the bottom of a cupboard which is in the middle of the house so it's more about the consistencies and very slow change which will be more conducive to good celery mm. hence why i built like basements or cellars under the house you've obviously surrounded by dirt so your temperature fluctuations are, are minimal and typically the Temperatures a little bit cooler down there. Mm, that makes sense. Talking about white wine for a moment, is there anything in the white wine making process that would cause it to age differently than red? I suppose one thing that jumps out straight away for me is uh, aromatic whites like maybe Rieslings or some Sauvignon Blancs or Pinot Grigios or Styles. They're treated reductively, which is, uh, I suppose, a term that is used without oxygen. So you lose a lot, lots of inert gas, lots of carbon dioxide or nitrogen argon and, and sulfur dioxide. But ultimately, wines will age in similar ways to reds. Um, the primary fruit character declines over time and the more secondary notes evolve. So the age characters in whites are, are different to those in reds. But other than that, I think they um, do age in similar ways. But the only thing I can think of was that sort of um, aromatic whites that they're really treated reductively. Choosing a white that will sell her well, I imagine, right, has many similar criteria and characteristics to reds. You want to look for some of the same things, is that right? Yeah, similarly, that, that checklist I had with the reds, like the vintage, the variety, the producer, the region or the wine style, are very important. So, for example, white wines that age, I mean, you may have Rieslings from many parts of the world. Um, for example, you have... You have Alsace in uh, France, you have the Mosul in Germany, you have various regions in Australia. Bordeaux blends, the Semillon Sauvignon Blancs, they age where they're picked early, they're low alcohol, high acidity. Chardonnays from many countries around the world, uh, typically the cooler regions, or like, but not limited to, like Burgundy or Tasmania down here or Adelaide Hills, many parts of New Zealand, Mornington, Bellarine Peninsula in Victoria. And interestingly as well, there are several Italian varieties emerging in Australia uh, at the moment. And things like Vermentino, for example, they have the ability to, to maintain their high acidity and freshness in warmer climates. So whites typically from warmer regions don't have great ageing ability in general, but because these varieties are suited to these warmer climates, and as I said, they do retain their acidity and freshness. It'd be really interesting to see how they do age in the coming years. And they haven't really been around for long enough in Australia to have a gauge on that. But it'd be interesting to see how they go. 
Among the smidge whites, I think you mentioned a few in passing here, but let's uh, underscore a couple of those you think would sell her especially well. Okay, I'll just go through. We only make uh, two white varieties here at Smidge. We do Sauvignon Blanc and a Gruner Veltliner. Sauvignon Blanc in Australia is typically drunk when it's young. Although it can age to a certain extent, the Houdini that I do make, which is the, the lower the introductory Sauvignon Blanc, has about 2 to 3% barrel fermented component in it. It adds subtle complexity and structure, which will help its age and just gives a bit of a more, more of a backbone. So it just gives you that intensity of flavour or the, the quantity of flavour as such. The acidity is the same, the pH is the same. But depending on how you like a drink of Sauvignon Blancs, the Houdini, I reckon, will age to that five, five to six years. Next one was a 100% barrel fermented and matured Sauvignon Blanc. So the same fruit as and juice that we use in the Houdini range, but uh, it goes into brand new French oak and is fermented in there and it sits in, and ages in barrel for sort of six to nine months typically. This is a whole completely different kettle of fish. It has a backbone of citrus and herbal notes, but there's also this underlying oak, yeasty brioche characters, and there's oyster short notes. So the wine is full of flavour, but how is that fresh acidity? The 2011, which is now five years old, is still very primary and uh, and fresh, and I reckon it should go for another five to ten years, uh, or five to seven years. The more stuffing you have in there gives you the ages. Again, that's the style. That comes back to that fifth wine on the checklist the style you can manipulate of a particular variety so it will age differently the second variety or the third wine is the gruner veltliner um, which is typically an austrian variety it's sort of very riesling-esque so aromatic high acid low ph we pick it early so it's got a lower alcohol so it's around that sort of 11 12 alcohol usually and there's great natural acidity we don't add any acid to it it's around about 10 grams per liter when it's picked and the time it goes to bottle uh, it's about eight grams per liter and the ph is about three or 3.1 so very low so that should go a good 15 years but again we've only had gruner vertliner in the adelaide hills or in australia really for the last or commercially in australia for the last sort of three to four or five years so we're still learning it would be interesting to see we can't wind forward 15 years and see what they look like unfortunately we've got to be patient so right yeah <laughs> but definitely. i expect but i expect it to age here good 15 years that's good to hear it's a very interesting mix of the technical and the practical yeah. so this is really good advice for anyone looking to find a wine red or white that would sell it well matt thanks so much for joining me today on the smidge wines podcast thank you very much Lee. it's great to be here